You're listening to Theology and Apologetics with Thomas Fretwell, bringing theology to life. Hi there, welcome to this special Easter edition of Theology and Apologetics. I'm your host, Thomas Fretwell. Thanks for listening. So today is Good Friday, and this is the day that millions of people around the world remember the death of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. I want to take a few minutes now just to explain to you why this event is so important for the Christian community, but also for the whole world. You see, the cross still speaks to us today, and it actually speaks to the whole world. But the important question for us is what is the message that it speaks? It has been said that the cross is the centre of the world's history. The incarnation of Christ and the crucifixion of our Lord are the pivot round which all events of the ages revolve. Bible expositor Alexander McLaren. You see, you can look around the world today, you can see the cross, it adorns the sides of buildings, you'll find it in museums, you'll see it in the corridors of power and government buildings, and you'll also find it in the most destitute places, the slums of this world. It features in art and song, and it's worn around the necks by millions of people today. Some people love the cross, most people misunderstand the cross, and of course there are those who hate the cross question we need to ask is how did an ancient Roman execution device designed to be the ultimate symbol of humiliation become a cherished symbol of Christianity around the world? How did the symbol of defeat become a symbol of victory? For those who see death as the end, the message of the cross is foolishness, as the Apostle Paul described. But the fact is the Bible teaches that death is not the end. Death is actually seen as an intrusion into this world, as an enemy, and it is described as an enemy that has been defeated. This is the victory that Christians are celebrating at this time of year as we remember the events of Easter. In 1865, a little-known minister wrote a hymn called Onward Christian Soldiers. It goes like this, Onward Christian Soldiers marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe, forward into battle, See his banner go. In the 19th century, this song was adopted by the General of the Salvation Army, William Booth, and they would often sing this song as they would march into the slums of this world to offer the message of the cross to the destitute. They would be met with violence, with jeers and shouting and protests and riots, and to be honest, the cross still evokes such responses today. For many, its presence cannot be tolerated, especially by those who reject it. This is the thing about the cross. It holds all men accountable. Why? Because the cross changed everything. Nothing on this earth was ever the same since the cross. On that hill 2,000 years ago, all of history and prophecy converged, culminating in this one moment. And in that moment, the love of God, the holiness of God, the justice of God and the mercy of God all met in that one place. And the world would never be the same again. In Luke chapter 22, 
at that last supper meal, that Passover meal, he said this, And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And we know in the account of Matthew's gospel that it says the new covenant is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. The sacrifice of the Passover lamb instituted a new covenant, one that purchased our salvation and our forgiveness. It was new. It signified that a new day had arrived and it was a day that would make the very darkness tremble. You see, we are involved in a spiritual battle in this world. We must not forget that. And it is through the cross that we have victory. This is what William Booth knew. This is why he sung about the cross as he went into the slums to do spiritual battle for people's souls. It is through the cross that men are freed from Satan's clutches. The cross is actually the ultimate symbol of freedom and liberation. Let me read to you from the Apostle Paul's writings in the book of Colossians. He says, When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him having forgiven us all our transgressions, having cancelled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Colossians 2, 13-15. We learn so much from these few verses about the cross, about our human condition. It says that we are dead in our transgressions, dead in our sins. This ultimately means that we are separated from God. Our sins have caused a separation, it says in Isaiah, doesn't it? Our relationship with the Creator, the very source of life, has been severed by the presence of sin. Yet we learn that writing to these Christians at Colossae, he can now say that once again they have been made alive. Their sins have been forgiven. It says that the certificate of debt against us has been taken away. That is referring to the record of our sins and the payment due for those sins. We know elsewhere that the wages of sin is death. That is what we are to be paid for our sin, death, separation from God. But through the cross, this has been removed. And it records that the spiritual death that keeps us in bondage to sin, keeps us under the power of Satan, has been defeated. But notice how it was defeated, how our debt was cancelled, how our account was balanced. It says he took it away, having nailed it. To the cross. It was on the cross that this great transaction occurred. On that rugged cross in a hill in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, your freedom and your forgiveness was accomplished. And here the victory was won. This is why Jesus could cry out, it is finished. This is what he came to do for you, for me, for the whole world. Is it not the tragedy of all tragedies that most of the world despises the cross? But it was bigger than just dealing with our individual sin. Let's read verse 15 again. I'm going to read it to you here from the Amplified Version, as this actually gives us a, a nice insight into the meaning. It says, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. So what's going on here? Why do I say that gives us better insight into the meaning? It, it makes use of a Roman cultural practice. Now remember, Rome was an honour and shame culture. The Romans used to have a shaming ritual when they had won a great victory. So if they would win a war or an invading nation, they would have a parade, a procession, 
where they would march into their home city exhibiting all the plundered treasure of the new lands. And at the end of this line would be the captives, at the end of the captives would be the king and the conquered peoples. And the king was, it was a shaming process. They would be ashamed, they'd be led in chains behind the victorious army and the king would be at the end and ultimately the king would be killed and his people taken into slavery. We actually have a glimpse of this with the Ark of Titus in Rome that shows the Roman soldiers carrying the loot from the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. This is the imagery that Paul is using here. It's powerful. What he is basically saying is that in Jesus, on the cross, God did what a Roman general would do at the end of a triumphal procession. At the cross, all the defeated spiritual forces were actually being led in a procession by the victor. Jesus Christ. It's so powerful. This is why the devil hates the cross. It disarmed him. It took away the power of death from him and it humiliated him. And it meant that the victor could confidently assert in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Today the cross stands as a symbol of victory over the spiritual forces of wickedness and a testimony to the love of God for sinners. It's been said that all heaven is interested in the cross, all hell fears the cross. It's only men who are ignorant of us, but not us. We must make sure that we understand the message of the cross. If you have not been freed by the forgiveness that was accomplished for you on the cross, I would urge you to do this today. That certificate of debt that's written against you from your own sin can be taken away. You just accept what Christ did on the cross, that he died for your sins, that he was buried, and we'll see in three days' time on Easter Sunday, he rose again. This is why Paul says, May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We remember what it cost, yet we rejoice in what it accomplished. The old hymn writer Isaac Watts said it best, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that you have just a blessed Easter weekend. You've been listening to Theology and Apologetics. This podcast is supported by your generous donations. To help us continue to bring you great content, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash theologyandapologetics. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please leave us a review and remember to connect with us on social media. For more resources, please go to theologyandapologetics.com. Thanks for listening.